Episode 372, Moon Knight, Season 1, Episode 2, Summon the Suit. Welcome to Level 7, a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello and welcome to another episode of Welcome to Level 7. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I'm here with Samantha and Stuart. Hey, guys. How are you two doing? Good. It's been a long time. It has been a little while, yeah. 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 I mean, podcasting time, it's been two episodes. Yeah. 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 I'm excited because I may have visited a Redbox kiosk today. To get some sort of Marvel-related thing? Spider-Man No Way Home. It is sitting on a little table in my living room right now. Blu-ray. I'm excited. Cool. Yeah. Glad for you. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, my husband still has not seen it, and he's like, oh my gosh, what is my wife doing to me right uh, tomorrow? And all I'm doing is just making him sit down to watch a movie. And I hope he enjoys it. It's a pretty good movie. It's okay. <laughs> do, you, do you see what I did there? No. <laughs> it's okay. Hey, we're here to talk about Moon Knight, episode two. And post-credit, I think we're going to talk about some Disney Plus stuff uh, as far as like some of the scheduling stuff that's been happening or um, is going to happen anyway. But for right now... We need to talk about Moon Knight and this episode. I think that it's fair to say, Stuart, even though we haven't talked with you about episode one, uh, you enjoyed episode one. I did. Correct. I did. I enjoyed how they were showing his story without actually introducing us to Mark. And so Stephen was having these flashes of, I don't know what's going on. And then they show us Mark. And at the end, I I thought that was really cool. I do have to say, though, this is the point in the episode where I admit to being wrong about a prediction. (laughs) Uh, My prediction was this episode. And I as soon as I watched it and knew that Stuart had seen it, I sent him a message. But Samantha hadn't seen it yet. So I sent him a message saying, I predict episode two is going to be the same thing we just saw only through Mark's perspective. And to be fair... I thought that was a really good idea. Yeah. And yeah. and the reason I thought so is because I mean the fish died. They got to show us how the fish died. Right? They had to show us it's an it's an important plot point, but also it seems like they you know it it seems like Mark killed the fish accidentally and and pulled the sitcom move and tried to go and buy a new fish and pass it off to the kids <laughs> as the same one. And then we're going to see this. And instead, that didn't happen at all. But what did happen was Samantha, in the planning thread that we have that has all three of us in it, separate from me, (laughs) predicted to Stuart and I, after she saw the episode, that we were going to see everything from Mark's perspective. And we still haven't, but I believe we will. I am going to say right now, episode three 
Episode three will be all of episode one and two, or at least portions of it. And we will see things from Mark's Mark's perspective. And, and you think they'll end, Mark will end up, like the episode will end in Egypt like this last one did? Yeah, yeah. I, so it'll be tying everything up in Egypt to start on a new story. Yeah, I think it's the kind, I don't know. This is the, this is what I would do. It's, you have this, this Storyline A, storyline B, and you bring them together, you know, and then drive that into storyline C. That's how I would have done it. It's not how they did it, but I, I think they still could, still would, maybe. I think we're going to get at least flashbacks to Mark's past. There was too much stuff in episode one. Too many, like, huh, things. Like him setting the date with the girl, him calling his mom voicemail all the time, him... Uh, the fish, you know, leaving the bed without having the, the, obviously Mark left the bed. So how did he get back and, and not be in there? You know what I mean? You know how, I mean, I feel like Mark is going and doing life and then coming back and resetting, you know, he's right. putting the thing back on his ankle, all that stuff. I feel like we need to, we're going to get an episode though. My prediction might be a little bit different than last time where <laughs> I thought we were going to get more in real time, but th- it might be in quick succession. Like we're, we like just see like these flashes of him doing this thing and this thing accidentally feeding the fish too much or not feeding the fish at all and realizing, Oh shoot, something just happened. That's going to cause a problem. But Mark doesn't recognize, you know, like the kids in the sitcom, they know, they know that that puppy has a white dot on his hindquarters, you know? And, and then dad just didn't notice that he just thought it was black. It's just a black dog. Right. I just get the same, same breed, you know, I can totally see that episode of WandaVision <laughs> happening. <laughs> yeah. But we're not talking about imaginary sitcoms here. Right. We're talking about Moon Knight. We're so. not talking about imaginary sitcoms. Yes, we are. Actually, we, we have been, but. Yeah. So yeah. in this episode, there's a lot more interaction between Mark and Steven. And Mark is trying to take over and have control because he knows what's going on. He knows the score. Steven does not want to let go of control. And so the whole thing, the first half is really kind of Steven investigating, finding out about Mark, some of it on purpose and intentional, some of it accidental. Like when he just happens to come across uh, Mark's wife and we kind of do get some Mark stuff as we realize that Mark's wife has, you know, they're, they're, He's trying to divorce her. And as they're going through and going on their adventure together, she doesn't believe that Stephen doesn't know anything about Mark because she doesn't know anything about, you know, this other side of Mark. But she has gone on adventures with him. He's trying to protect her from the scarab and trying to protect her from, I can never remember the bad guy's name. Uh, Harrow? Yeah. Trying to protect her from Harrow. Harrow. Yeah. Yeah. And... And so Stephen just goes straight to Harrow and he gets to see a commune kind of a situation. And what's that looking like? And what are they really doing? What is life in this cult? But when it comes down to it, they're doing bad things. And so Stephen and uh, Mark's wife try and escape. And this is where Stephen is able to summon the suit because she pushes him to do so. And we get what's called Mr. Knight. Mr. Knight is in a suit and uh, has a similar kind of mask, but not a hood. 
and he has sticks that he can fight with and he fights another jackal and it doesn't go so well. So he finally does give control to Mark and Mark becomes Moon Knight with the cape and the hood and the cool costume and they fight across the city. And of course he wins, but then Steven is lost. Steven is stuck inside and Mark is not going to let him out. And then at the end, Mark wakes up and he's in Egypt. But is that Mark there. at the end? Nobody knows what got him there. He just wakes okay. up and he's in Egypt. So it wasn't. A, okay. Yeah. I was thinking, did I forget something? But no, no, he just, yeah. Yeah. Woke up and he's in which Egypt is, and... which is another like nail in the idea that we're going to have a, a backstory or at least a Mark side of the story. Yeah. Yeah. And we also have, you know, there's back and forth that Haro is talking about like your Kanshu guy. He's bad news. I used to be, I was a previous moon Knight, and that's interesting. And then he's like bringing up the idea of, did he choose you because you were easy to break or because you were already broken? You know, it's like, there's some interesting stuff going on, but that's the, the main idea of the story and now we can kind of talk about some of the some of the details here maybe starting with his initial investigation trying to see the jackal from episode one on screen Uh, let me just say this before holy moly is oscar isaac a good actor great actor the first time i ever saw him was in force awakens i was like okay he's kind of cool whatever but and then I saw him in, you know, the Star Wars movies and then Dune. And then this is like the first time I've ever actually seen him act. Because, <laughs> I mean, he was great in Dune, but that's not his story in Dune. He was in uh, X-Men Age of Apocalypse. Is that what it was called? I sure. think so. Sure. I never watched yeah. that. He one. played Apocalypse in, oh. in, in the, the one X-Men movie, but he was behind a bunch of makeup. And I saw him in Annihilation, which was a good movie, uh, but he didn't have a lot to do in it. And right. It's just, this is, we talked about this last time. If you're going to hang an episode on one actor, you better find the right guy. Right. Yeah. Exactly. They, if you're going to hang did. a series on one actor, and they did, and he plays against type. I, I find myself looking at his IMDb profile going, where is this guy from? Is he from the UK? Is he from America? I don't know. I think he grew up in the US. He's from Miami. Yeah. And well, and his parents, I think his, I think his mother is Guatemalan and his father was Cuban, if I recall correctly. And then he, he grew up most of his life from what I understand in the US. Yeah. I don't think he was born here, but he, he grew up most of his life here. Well, the the point is he, he wears many different hats very well. And so you, you totally believe, or at least I do that he's from, you know, uh, the UK. Now I don't know exactly which part of London, but you get the impression that he's actually from the UK. He's not just an American doing a British accent. However, (laughs) a lot of British people are saying that's a terrible accent and it, it works for this character actually. It feels to me like it's a it's a uh, caricature of, you know, like your 
I don't know what portion of of London or whatever, but yeah. um, I I yeah. feel like I've seen this character before the the bumbling you know mumbling. I, I feel like he reminds me a lot of uh, I think it's David Brent is the name of the character that Ricky Gervais plays in The Office. There's a little bit of mm. of that in it, and I've seen this character before. I feel like uh, yeah, I don't I don't feel the super realism. I feel the comedic effect uh, of of the bumbling character and. Yeah. And, and the question is, you know, is this is this an altar? Is this the one? Is this the personality he was born into? That he has this family or not? Or or is Mark Spector the one that was that was born and, and created this altar? Well, um, the thing is, is that all altars, there is no one original altar. There's an analogy with people with dissociative identity disorder about, you know, if you break a vase which part of the vase that's left is the original piece. And that's what the altars are like. They're each just a piece of a whole in a way. Yeah. But I'm more, I'm more wondering, did he wake, did he grow up in the United States, which is the American accent that Mark has, or did he grow up in the UK? Is that where his family is? Is that because we we've heard him talk on the phone to his mom, leaving messages, but we haven't heard his mom, you know? And so is that something he's, he's created for himself or is that the reality that there is a mom in the UK that he's calling and leaving a message for? That's a good question because Layla says so, uh, about his mom. So you guys are talking again. Yeah. Mark Spector. It seems like Mark Spector is kind of keeping that portion of his life a secret and yeah. and is saying, you know, to his, you know, to his, his wife. Uh, yeah. Uh, my mom doesn't, talk to me anymore but that can mean a lot of things too i wonder how far down this road we're going to go how accurate they're going to portray this if 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 it is did if they're going to portray it how accurately they're going to portray it and then what the sort of how they're going to represent that from what i've seen except for all the superhero antics and the mercenary stuff it's which is totally yeah, uh, someone with I explained this in the last episode. Someone with DID would not be going. Well, they I don't think they would be admitted into the military without lying. I don't lying. think so either. But without lying or just not even knowing that they have DID, because it is possible to to go as far as into your early twenties and not really understand what's going on. But people who do have it have episodes of. Missing time and issues with sleep and much like in the same way that we saw with Stephen in the previous episode, he he knows something is going on with him mentally and he's trying to handle it the best way he can. But he doesn't understand the full picture and that's because there's a wall between himself and the other altars. And and there's there's a couple ways you can do this and one is you know to try and be as extremely realistic as possible and and do the deep dive into the real the real thing and and you know read case studies and and people's stories and things like that the other way to go is the it's magic magic happened and so it's a magically enhanced situation yeah and that in some ways that's almost safer because you are saying well it's it's not actually did it's this magical thing that that might seem like that but it but it's not because it's magic and it's and they, they do that with all sorts of things like even, you know, Matt Murdock's blindness. You know, he's got this mm-hmm. 
basically magical abilities that go along with that and you know hyper realism and, and that sort of thing uh, i think but, you can get away with it you can get away with something like that in the mcu i don't know that if you were trying to do a a more realistic movie that you could get away with it the important thing is that you do it respectfully yeah, yeah. you know whether whether it's trying to be as realistic as possible or whether it's trying to you know just take it and let the story flow it's you've got to be respectful you've got to be respectful and i feel like they are so far here they're not making fun of this at all but at the same time they're having fun with it and that's a hard line to walk and when i say they're having fun with it i mean you've got oscar isaac who gets to do these two characters and play these two characters off each other. Yeah. Now he plays off the other characters fine, but he's playing off himself and, and it's working and it's working. And that's what I'm saying. I, I, I've never seen, well, I don't, I've never seen Oscar Isaac perform in, in such a manner and, and act so well, because even if it's a caricature of, you know, a, a, typical british uk londonite right that's even harder to play than a realistic person and have it be good you can play that caricature really badly really easily but in order to play it really good it's difficult not only can you i have done it really badly really easily it, it, yeah. it was great yeah. it was really easy for me yeah i, I played uh doolittle in in my fair lady in college well, there you go. Not just yeah. that. Is there like some Welcome to Level 7 episode or some podcast episode where you were having a conversation with yourself? I seem to recall this. I have done this a couple times. Yes, Yeah, I have. And yeah. I, recall, I recall you pulled it off pretty well. I was highly impressed. It, Yeah. It yeah. was a gimmick, you know, but it was fun. Yeah. And it was a gimmick. Yeah. Yeah. So now we know Lestu is on the same page with us. With we will seek out just about anything that Oscar Isaac does, and he is fantastic. <laughs> I mean, yeah, probably you should. You should. <laughs> I I will enjoy anything with him. In yeah, it. you know, I I don't know if I'll seek it out at this point, just because. Again, there's only so many hours in the day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, uh, yes. Okay, so let's start talking about this episode specifically. We have an opening seed where he's trying to find out more about about himself, about what's going on, about, you know, what's going on with Mark Spector. He actually goes to a a storage unit and finds money, IDs, and the God Conchu. <laughs> and a cot. Like, who's going to sleep in that thing, man? That would, I would not be able to do that. That'd be awful. Well, Mark does. Mark Spector does. Oh, I, I clearly he does. Oh, my but. brother has one of my brothers has one exactly like it, and he actually prefers it over a an air mattress. Yeah, but uh, no, I'm not talking about the cot. I'm talking about the storage unit. Oh, the storage <laughs> unit. Yeah, yeah, it's it's illegal to 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 live in a storage unit, and they're not air conditioned. They're not heated. They're not safety. They're like, not. They're, there's not. Yeah. There's not the safety ratings that you need to have for like. An egress window, or is that what they call it? Egress window? Yeah. Something like that. Like that. that is, those yeah. those words go together. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's what they call it. The storage I, I think it just means a window you can exit from. Right. Yeah. Um, the storage units I've had, because I've had a couple in the past, they don't even have a light bulb in the room. 
You got to use whatever light's coming from the outside. Mark Spector don't need no light bulb. <laughs> well, and he's a super spy, right? Yeah. Right. Super spy. So he- uh, Well, a mercenary. He, I don't know if he's a super spy, but he's a very qualified mercenary. He's a dude who can get something done. And if he needs to live off the grid, I bet he knows how to live off the grid. I'm pretty sure he could. I'm also sure that when he got back from Afghanistan, he felt like he was going to fall through the bed. Just like Captain America. Both of them. Mm. Oh, you mean with the, a comfortable mattress? Yes. Yes. Okay. Which is probably why he sleeps on the cot. Because didn't they say he was a, he was a war vet? Uh, I don't remember. Oh, I thought they it's said possible, that. They said mercenary. Well, I mean, he's he's currently a mercenary. That's his. That's what, how he works. The other thing that happens, though, is he goes back to the museum to have them look at the the footage from the video of the bathroom getting wrecked <laughs> and destroyed. And there's nothing there. It looks like he just went in the bathroom, destroyed it and walked out. And so he's not there's no charges being pressed, but he is losing his job and he's on a payment plan to pay it off. <laughs> Oh, that's going to be Which that bathroom, man, that is going to be expensive. He's going to be paying that off for a long time unless (laughs) he uses some money from the bag. Yeah, right. Yeah. (laughs) He's got got a dude, though. You know he does. Here's the problem. They fired him, and then they expected him to pay them back. Instead of – well, I mean, he can't keep the job there, obviously. Yeah. He's he's doing awful stuff, but – It's just a bit ironic because you're not sure if he's going to be able to – have another job to pay it off yeah that's that's not their problem seriously like i i don't see a problem there at all like if i was if i was the you know owner of the or the not the owner i guess the oh the uh, the, hr guy the supervisor you know or whatever i would be like yeah you can't work here anymore and you can go to jail or pay this off i yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i actually think that's really kind of not great uh, I think it's that's a horrible thing to do. As far as they're concerned, he walked into that bathroom and just started breaking things. Yeah, true. I get that. I get that. But it's a big corporation. Fight the man. Go power. Okay. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> I'm, I'm on. I'm on big corporation side on this one. <laughs> I totally get. Underst- I understand why they fired him. I, I get it. I, and he's I just, gonna have a hard time finding a job too. That is, yeah. that is a problem, especially since I, I hope they they are giving him a buffer time to, because they're also recommending that he get help mentally, which yeah. he he does either way. And there's nothing wrong with seeking help uh, for healthcare no. uh, or mental help. I I just hope they're giving him time to find another job before his first payment is due. That's that's all I'm hoping for. I think they seemed reasonable. I think that they did. Yeah. You guys are on the side of the evil museum. It's not an evil museum. I mean, actually, the case could be made that they're evil because they've stolen things from other countries and things like that. And that is a big deal. The the British Museum being host to all these things that where they colonize and brought things back. That that is that in Wakanda. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, we did. We did. I wonder if this is the same museum. Well, was that was that museum in in England or? Yeah, it was in London. Okay, okay. So he's investigating. He he's feeling like things are just out of control, and he's feeling he's 
going out of his mind. He doesn't remember doing things and he does remember the jackal, but clearly doesn't see it. Hallucinations are a part of dissociative identity disorder sometimes. Sometimes you have a little bit of schizophrenia thrown in there. It just depends on the person. He's He feels like he has a sleep disorder, which also can have hallucinations. Yeah, so this really good, rolls in well with the symptoms of DID. But as we find out later in this episode, it's, no, the jackal was there. It's just no one else real. can see it but him. And, you know, this other, this other. And Conchu is real. And so <laughs> is the voice in his head. Jerk. Almost in a funny way. But he's, so talking about Conchu, like yeah. Conchu kind of basically chases him, not chases him, but scares him out of the, the storage unit area where he falls in front of Layla, who arrived there because he had the phone on. So she was able to track him. And, and so he's able to like go with her, goes back to his apartment. There's a whole bunch of misunderstandings with her where he's trying to explain to her what's going on. She's not having any of it. And then the police come and who are they a part of? They're part of the, whatever the, the scales cult. Uh, they're, they're part of Haro's thing. And he gets taken to Haro's place. But during that time when he's confronting Haro, there's Kanchu <laughs> and Kanchu's like, kill him, <laughs> smash his windpipe, destroy him now. And the stuff that Kanchu is telling him to do, Haro knows he's telling him to do it because Haro was Kanchu's avatar. That was really well played too. And Ethan Hawke's going, he's telling you to kill me right now, isn't he? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay, cool. That was really well done. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And, and Steven is saying, do you hear it? Do you hear it? And Ethan Hawke is, no, I was, I was the man. I was the guy before you and you shouldn't trust anything about him. And he's not ethical and we are ethical because we're stopping crime before it starts. We're stopping evil before it's done. We're judging people, not based on what they have done, but based on what and they're then, going to do. And then Stephen gives this really they might great you know, line of questions about, is that yes. right? Because, and I totally agree with his argument, is it right to judge a child for something they might do? So he's on team, you know, people have, are able to make different choices if they wish he'd they can be make on team cap is what i'm saying yeah another did detail back in the apartment yeah. when he was talking to layla and they connect over liking the same poet sometimes people with dissociative identity disorder uh, details from one altar to another can transfer depending on the situation i'm i'm beginning to think that that Stephen is a new altar that has recently developed and that he somehow took this detail about Layla's preference for this poet and applied it to Stephen in a subconscious way. I think you're right. I think that the Mark uh, altar is, was the one that was born first, you know, that was, I think that he grew up in the United States. I think that he got those jobs. He became a mercenary because of those jobs. I'm not sure when Stephen became a part of things, but it, just the way Stephen's life is set up, it almost feels like. And, and the other thing is, I'm not sure about is is 
how much Mark is able to manipulate all of this because it feels like Mark knows what's going on. And, and when Mark wakes up, okay, we haven't seen this yet, but when Mark wakes up in the apartment, he goes ahead and takes off the thing off the ankle, steps over the sand and re returns the tape back when he comes back and gets in bed. And it's an interesting dynamic because obviously Mark knows much more what's going on with Kanchu and Mark at the end, when you have the two different moon nights, clearly Mark is the one who knows the score. He knows how to do the fighting. He knows how to use the powers and he does it well. Yeah. Is Mr. Knight from the comics or is that a MCU thing? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's multiple personalities. I think, I, I don't know exactly, but I think there's like four personalities that have have been used and, and brought into light when he was originally created. I don't think that that was a part of the character. In fact, I, maybe this is the time. Maybe this is where it's QR code comics corner Ooh, sponsored by comical cool. time machine. QR code comic book corner sponsored by the comic book time machine because Ben has another podcast and why not promote it? Right. But, um, mm -hmm. the comic book that came with this episode was werewolf by night number, uh, 33. And it features Mark Spector and Mark Spector is a mercenary who is sent out by a shadowy organization called the committee to bring back the werewolf by night, uh, Jack Russell. And, the it's a two a two issue storyline and this is the final side of that and you get to see what happens after Mark Spector Moon Knight captures the werewolf and takes him to the committee and then of course you find out I mean Moon Knight Mark Spector he's not a bad guy you know he's just there for the money and he he helps he does some good things and he's a he's a hero at heart but none of this stuff with the DID stuff was a, an original part of the character. He really started out almost as a, a more a morally ambiguous Batman, almost. But like their their fights though are brutal, brutal, and he's got a costume with like metal fists, but they're made of silver, so they hurt the werewolf, you know. And uh, he's got a moon theme to his costume, but. I'm not going to give it away, but the moon, the moon Knight went on to have his own series and the werewolf by night went on to continue with his series for a few more issues. So the, the comics, are there a date on the front page or the, the title page? Like, yeah. Yeah. What's the date? Uh, well, it's in the seventies. The seventies. Okay. Guys, I think uh, that's around the time that the three faces of Eve and 1975. 1975. I think that's around the time that the movie Three Faces of Eve was released, which is about a woman with um, multiple personality disorder. It's it's possible, but it, it just wasn't a part of his story yet. So I think maybe at that time, like when they were thinking about developing this character as into its own series, that maybe they took that from like Three Faces of Eve or something. Are Are we just going to skip over the fact that they named the werewolf Jack Russell. 
Yeah, we talked yeah, about that I, last episode. <laughs> uh, yeah. Samantha stumbled over that too. Hey, you know, it was the 70s, okay? What what can I say? Yeah. Just just back off, man. Just just back way off on that and it's a fantastic series, okay? We talked about this last week too. They had Tomb of Dracula, they had Monster of Frankenstein, they had The Living Mummy, they had Morbius the Living Vampire, they had Man-Thing. They it was the 70s and it wasn't all perfect. I understand in <laughs> comics in general, there were a lot of really weird things going on. And it's well, because part- recreationally, the comic, you know, developers were doing some things on the side. Well, in know? the 70s, they were, there was a lot of that stuff going on in the Marvel offices. But part of it also is them setting a tone very quickly. You know, you only have 16 yeah. to 18 pages. And so they're setting a tone very quickly. They give him the name Jack Russell. Why? Because it goes along with the wolf theme. Sort of. You know, and, sort of. and, and Dr. <laughs> Otto Octavius. You know, I, I, that's just going to yeah. set the tone for that character. It's again, it's not super realistic. It's not even hyper realistic. So it's is just Mark, so is Mark ridiculous Spector realistic. Stephen Grant for this character. Yeah, Spar- well, Spectre. I mean, yeah, that Mark Spectre, Mark Spectre yeah. was the original name of of Moon Knight. Uh, Stephen Grant is actually a comic book creator, and I'm not sure. I need to check and see, but Stephen Grant, I think, might have been named after another comic book creator. But uh, but Mark Spectre, yeah, Spectre, Moon Knight. I mean, there's well, and, and so you you need the names to be catchy, you need the names to be rememberable, and you need the names to be done right now. Yeah. And so like. Correct me if I'm wrong, Ben, but they weren't taking weeks to do these books. They were taking days or hours even. Well, because a lot of them were working on multiple books at the same time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, of course you're going to name the dog guy Jack Russell. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. Of course you're going to do that. You might as well name Batman. I don't I, – see, I'm not even good at this. <laughs> Well, but like you know, in my own experience, uh, you know, so the randoms, which is one of our uh, the audio drama podcast, the supersonic pod comics, I named the, the character Graham Walker and and his job, his role is to go and find other randoms. And so he's he's Graham Walker and uh, Jenna Kirkwood. She's kind of the the moral compass for Graham and helps him like to to follow the right, the right leading Kirkwood Kirk means church, you know, and it's actually also a name for my wife's family. Kirkwood is. And so, you know, you find names that have special meaning for Mm -hmm. sure. It's just Jack Russell's special meaning is the kind of thing that makes people stumble over it in a podcast when it comes up in conversation. So jenna kirkwood less so yeah kirkwood i mean that sounds it's very subtle i mean if you don't think about it you can miss it jack russell that's a little on the nose though okay. well, <laughs> we're here to talk yeah. about moon Knight, though we just qr code comic corner sponsored by the comic book time machine which now i've i've gone ahead and and uh promoted two podcasts of mine outside of welcome to level seven I, I think i enjoy one. them both oh yeah sure strangers and aliens which i no no i <laughs> oh, I can't remember if it was part of the Patreon uh, preamble or if it was a part of this actual episode where we're talking about Morbius and I mentioned Strangers and Aliens. But anyway, it was point being, 
in the comic, <laughs> it was a little bit different than this. Uh, I did read an article where they were going on and on about how, yeah, so perfect that they use that comic with with him fighting a werewolf when he fights a werewolf in, in his own show for the second episode. I'm just like, that's not a werewolf. He's not fighting a werewolf in the show. He's fighting a jackal. That said, there are some there is some imagery in in the comic where he's fighting the werewolf around, you know, jumping off of from building to building. And and there's some imagery that kind of goes along with it. But the jackal is not a werewolf at all. <laughs> so it's a jackal. Yeah, it's a jackal. It's a jackal. So, yeah, Stephen Grant goes into the into the 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 den the den of thieves so to speak he go what do you call that uh the compound the, the cobra's nest i don't know he, he, he goes right compound. into <laughs> yeah he goes right into where the belly of the beast let's go with that he goes into the belly of the beast because he's he's brought by police he thinks he's been arrested and then he realizes oh they have scales tattooed on their wrists and he asks for help from someone and they show up with their arm, you know, and, and then he goes in this place and there's dozens of people there and they are all a part of this thing. And, but Layla comes to rescue him because she has the scarab and she's going to use that to get their attention. And yeah, Steven lets go though, because he has to fight. They summon a jackal to chase him down and he has to fight it and he does okay he does okay float like a butterfly sting like a bee my name is steven with a v and <laughs> uh did you notice that when he he's falling and he summons the suit and then he lands he lands exactly like natasha romanoff no i, <laughs> I didn't did notice that yeah he's such and then he falls so like he lands and then he loses his balance and falls yeah yeah <laughs> But there's some cool fight stuff going on because no one else can see the jackal. And and so there's some fun fighting stuff where he's fighting an invisible enemy. And some people think that, you know, what's going on with that guy? Clearly something wrong with that guy. Uh, but then he's getting picked up and thrown, you know, and he's he's obviously hitting something. But when he finally lets go and lets Mark have control, he goes and he creates some awesome visuals as he jumps in front of the moon and as he he runs across you know the river and and as he fights the thing and then drops it on some sort of spire and you have that image of him looking up at it and the moon behind it beautiful fight stuff going on there yeah love it and there's another pyramid in that scene too a pyramid with yeah, a glass one. Yeah. And he talks to his reflection in there. They do a lot with reflections in this episode again. Yeah. Where he looks at the reflection, but the reflection is not reflecting back exactly what he looks like. Yeah. It's 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 kind of pretty. And there's a scene in in when Layla and Steven are talking in the apartment and you can there's a shot where over Steven's sh shoulder you see the small mirror and there's Mark's head. Like reacting to their conversation. Mm -hmm. It's almost like Stephen can see Mark in the reflection. Yeah. Well, he starts. He is in this episode. He's definitely yeah. seeing it. Mark can see Stephen at the end in the in the pyramid. 
uh, where where the jackal was destroyed, you have him shattering some glass there, and he's talking to his reflection in the shattered glass, and there's cracks running through Stephen mm-hmm. as Mark is talking to him. And again, it's this is where they're using, you know, a real thing DID, but they're using it to great artistic effect, and and creating this this tone and this helplessness and this brokenness. Which, you know, someone could say, well, it's, oh, they're just saying that DID, those people are broken. But I really feel like it's more saying, you know, just people are broken, you know, and this is, you know, you've got a broken guy trying to get out and he has lost control. Or there was a conversation earlier where Mark says something about the wall between him and Stephen has always been very strong. But now the wall between these two altars has cracked. And they can see each other better and interact better. And one of the things, one of the interesting things he says when that is happening is he says, uh, without Kanshu, we would be dead. We wouldn't be alive without Kanshu. Yes. And so it does make me think, you know, things were going on before Kanshu. There's going to be a backstory episode soon. There has to be. There has to be, yeah. It's probably episode three where he wakes up and he's in the middle of the desert somewhere. And here comes Conchu, looking like a Xerxes. <laughs> yeah, that's the yeah. right name for that, right? Xerxes. Yeah. What do you mean? Dark Crystal. Oh, Skeksy. Skeksy. Skeksies. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a great. Oh. Looking like a, a Skeksy. Skeksy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the Skeksies and the the Mystics. You know, I'm just really glad uh, Stephen Grant didn't get up and sing a Pat Benatar song. In oh a club. my goodness! Are you just bringing that up just to make me feel angry again? No, but it worked. Uh, <laughs> I hated that so much, and I don't even want to talk about it because I don't want to spoil things for people with who haven't watched Picard anyway. But oh my word! <laughs> Oh my goodness! I'll find out what yeah. you're talking about in a few weeks. Yeah, when you yeah, when I when I because I'll, I'll I will only be getting that uh, platform for a month, so I'm waiting for the end of the season. <laughs> uh, speaking of the Mister Knight suit, I thought that there was something. Uh, maybe it's because they're both kind of suits, you know, suits and ties and such. But there's something about that suit that reminded me of the Golden Street Performer guy. Oh, yeah. We need to talk about him. Yeah. He is a character. I know he's a character from the comics. I just don't know much about him at all. And so that is something that we can come back to and talk about the comic book origin with once I have a little bit more information. But yeah. At first, I thought he was a statue, and like, like, why is he putting food on a statue, and why is he asking for tips for a statue? And he goes back to him this this episode, not a statue. Well, okay. In the first episode, I thought he like I legit thought it was a statue because I think it was. In this episode, as soon as they did the close up on him, I'm like, oh, he's got lip liner, and 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 I can see the whites of his eyes. So he must not he must be one of those street performers. But I never got the impression that Steven thinks he's a street performer. I think I Steven did. thinks he's 
no, no. Cause he, they're like, can we take a picture with him? Yeah. And don't forget to leave a tip. He tells the people to leave a tip for the statue oh. in, in the first the episode. Food. Yeah. And he brings the statue. He, he gives him food. And so I really, yeah, I, I do think that he. See, I just chalked that all up to him being weird and doing yeah. weird things. Right. So he's a little bit weird and he brings the statue food like. I absolutely, I think it's better <laughs> that it's not just a statue and he's actually a street performer and, and I think it's better that way. <laughs> but the way I first saw it was that he was sitting next to the statue. I like it because at first, like at a distance, it seems like he's doing something crazy and bringing food to a statue and talking to a statue. And then you get it up closer and you realize, oh no, this is a person. He's not crazy. There's something going on here that we didn't understand at first. Right. Well, and I clearly didn't know. And when I watched it on my iPad, I couldn't tell. Uh, and then in the second episode here, you know, I'm, I can tell. And and then I got to thinking about it here. But then when I saw it on the big screen, that's when I was like, even in episode one, you can tell he is he's not a statue. Yeah. Mm, OK, well, that makes more sense. Yeah. OK, well, what else is there to talk about? At the end, we end up in in uh, in Egypt, and we don't know exactly what's going on. Oh, Harrow takes a life, a man's life force, without judging him when he gets the scarab. Some guy. Oh, walks I thought up. he did judge him. Did he not judge him? He didn't judge him. No, he just grabbed the guy's mm. wrist and then sucked the life out of him. Pretty huh. much. I think that's to show him that show us that he's really a bad guy. Well, I mean, if we didn't know already, because yeah, right. And Layla witnessed it, so I think that's something we need to remember as we proceed with this series. So she knows he's a bad guy, but I'm beginning to think that the whole taking the life force thing is something he can do at will, and the judging thing is just sort of a it's it's separate power. So if he was to go to the bad guys anonymous, he would actually be a bad guy. Yes. All right. Well, I do have some feedback for us to talk about. So is there anything else from your notes that you'd like us to cover before I move on to the feedback portion? Um, actually, I have a lot of notes and I have not been checking them off. So <laughs> uh, Ethan Hawke is amazing in this episode. I, I, he's usually playing a hero or, and in this series, he's just creepy and he's scary, but he's trying to come off as friendly and helpful. Let's see what else. I think when we see him in Egypt at the very end, we see one altar in the mirror and then it pans around and this hotel room is trashed and, and Steven slash Mark is drunk, so I'm beginning, and that's not behavior we have seen before, so I'm beginning to wonder if that chaos in that one, two, three, four, five seconds is actually another alternate. Well, I think that it's it's Steven, though, because the in the conversation that they had, Mark said, you, you can kind of, when there's reflections, you can kind of get out a little bit. But when there's there's not, you can't. And and so the the conversation, the, the back and forth, the argument 
that's where Stephen was like, you know, let me out, let me out, let me out or whatever. But I think that was Stephen in the mirror. Okay. Because he's kind of huddled over. He's got a blanket over his shoulders. And then you pan over to Mark and Mark is sitting there with a bottle and in his shorts. Do you think they're going to introduce more altars? Well, they could, but I don't know. We'll have to wait and see on that one. But they, there's four more in the comics, like, or there's two more in the comics yeah. that I'm aware of. So it kind of yeah. seems like if you do that, you're going to have a Spider-Man No Way Home situation sooner or later, where you've got the three Spider-Men, you know, just talking to each other. And so I kind of don't think it's a super great idea but you know i don't write for television right so they can figure it out and whatever but for me i'm not sure it's a great idea to have two other altars because then you have to tie up all of their story stuff not necessarily the, end of the series the difference between the three spider-man and the three altars is that there are three physical people who are leading three different lives who are very similar because they have the same origin story or same, you know, beginning point somewhere, and then they kind of skew off from each other in their own timelines. So there are three physical individuals. The difference with Moon Knight is that it's three individuals physically inhabiting the same body, or or two individuals, or four individuals, or however many there alternates there are within the same physical body. But whatever it is, it gets cluttered when you add characters. Yes. And so if they had brought back Nicholas Hammond or whatever his name is from the Spider-Man TV show and brought the Japanese Spider-Man guy over from the Japanese Spider-Man TV show. Yeah. And, you know, if they had brought back five Spider-Men in, in uh, No Way Home, it would have Ben gotten... would have been excited. Well, okay, a little bit. <laughs> but it gets difficult once you have the right. ensemble. So. I, I just I, – I'm wondering if – if they do it, they have to do it in such a way where they don't need to wrap up any more story plot with the two other guys, right? So if they did it, I don't want to have to get to know two more alters. I think what would have have to happen is that they would the alters would have to agree upon a single objective because they're inhabiting the same physical body, and that physical body can only go one direction at, at any given time. It can't go four d- different directions. It can only go one, even though that there's something of an argument going on ins- inside of his head. So, And I think that argument is better between Stephen and Mark without any, without any more influences. I mean, honestly this is the kind of thing where you have Steven and Mark maybe reconcile toward the end of, you know, episode six. And then your post credit is a third. Hmm. Yeah. Introducing a new dynamic into a new storyline. But I mean, you only get six episodes less than an hour long. It's two movies basically, you know, to, to really explore not just these two and their personal dynamics, but the bad guy, you know, Harrow, Layla, all of these things. There's a lot going on. Now, could Oscar Isaac pull it off? Yes. Could the writers? Probably. But it's not safe. I'll put it that way. It's not not the safe direction to go in. But 
if you don't swing for a home run, you're not going to get a home run. Yes, and Marvel has been very safe in their writing choices. <laughs> I mean, seriously, most of Marvel's stuff is top shelf. And they have not been safe. They have made some really dangerous choices. I mean, Infinity War, that movie was shot from the point of view of the bad guy. You don't see that in very many movies. Yeah, so, I mean, I, they don't take the safe road often. No, they don't. So my last thing is the MacGuffin, and that's the Scarab. The Scarab that's going to lead them to Amit and allow Amit to come back. Huh? He's going to lead him to the Cave of Wonders to find the diamond in the yeah, rough. Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> That's going to lead them to Amit. Amit is going to, you know, come on the earth and will be able to punish everyone before they've done anything wrong. Is this when Thor comes down and been like, no, I'm the only god on earth? No, because there's, there's others. I mean, there's the guy from Ally McBeal in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., who, uh, oh, that's right. He's already for, on Asgard. He's, he's on Earth. He's on Earth. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, we never talked about him when we were talking about like what happened to Asgard and, and all the stuff that was going on where Asgard comes to Earth and, you know, all of the Asgardians got caught by, uh, by Thanos. And we never really talked about that guy. All right, Taika Waititi, I want you to do reshoots of <laughs> Thor 4. Oh, we yeah. need to include Peter McNichol right now. No, I just That's put him in the guy. Yeah. That's the guy. Yeah. The guy from Ally McBeal or Dragon Slayer. Those are the only two things I know from. Yeah. Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 2, 2, my friend. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. It, I do know Everything you're doing is wrong. Where are you from? The Upper West Side? <laughs> uh <laughs> So that's that's our MacGuffin, and you know the world is in danger. The world is in danger, yeah. but no no mention of the Avengers or the Eternals or nope. Spider Man the... or, or Spider Man or, or, or Spider Man <laughs> or Kingpin. I hope this does have some connecting thread at the very end, right? I want it to be separate and on its own. But at the very end, Fastos from Eternals, Wong, have Wong show up again. Something shows up. Someone shows up and is like, hey, bud, we got a bigger, we got a bigger movies over here. Come on. That's what or, I want. Hey, bud, you, you, got a, you got a good series going on here. Can I help you with it? Right. You know, why not bring Wong in? I mean, this is, this is right up Wong's alley. This is. But you know what I don't want? Hey, nope. bud, you you got a really good series here. Let me bring my baby Yoda in, and we'll just make it my own series. Yeah. That's what I don't oh, want. Let's not. If they had just named it The Mandalorian, colon, yeah. Book of Boba Fett, awesome. Yes. Yes. Awesome. I finally watched the last episode, and I went, yep, that was not worth my time. So I, I, I think it's worth the time. It's not bad. It's a little bit fun. There's some King Kong imagery in it. That, that's that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> let's talk about Marvel. Yeah. Uh, let's let listeners talk about Marvel. Let's let's get into our feedback. That's better. Yeah. So Agent Tassel wrote in and said, hello, Ben, Stuart, and Samantha. I've discussed some of this with Stuart, but I thought I'd officially write in. Have a couple things. Regarding Yay. timelines, 
Regarding timelines, think back to Loki and then showing the sacred timeline. Oh, by the way, uh, subject line is even before the shattering, there was a multiverse. Uh, think back to Loki and then showing the sacred timeline. Even before the fracturing, there was multiple timelines within the main timeline. Lots of lines weaving in and out inside the main ring. My assumption is that each of these were slightly different timelines, but all sharing the same fixed points in time to borrow a Doctor Who reference. Only when the timeline changes far enough to the TTA care, or rather the result of He Who Remains. Once the timeline truly fractured, these two those lines went way outside the sacred timeline ring. This allows things that might not be, quote, true main MCU to still be the main MCU timeline. I take the Netflix series and the original Hulk falling under this. Even until Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. started having hopping timelines, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. also probably fell into one of these adjacent timelines. Not a complexity, different timeline, but close enough. This also allows the main MCU to take as much as they want from these shows without having to either A, say everything happened, and B, it prevents them from having to retelling a lot of the history when they reference things. In fact, they already did this with the second Hulk movie. They didn't say everything that happened in the first movie happened, but just skip to the story in progress, meaning that they can bring in those characters without having to do full-on origin stories for them. And I'll just stop and say, kind of agree, but I do think Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was prime MCU timeline until they stopped until they started hopping over that's that's when they started messing with time travel um and also the second hulk movie he's referring to how the incredible hulk which was the first done under the mcu banner ang lee's hulk when they did the incredible hulk kind of they were referencing that ang lee's hulk might have happened but they didn't like stick with it and they just went off and told their own story because the origin story was already out there with Ang Lee's Hulk. And that was kind of a nice way to do things. Regarding the Ennead Parth- uh, Pantheon, we only get a glimpse of the at six of the seven gods in the poster. Shu, Horus, Osiris, Tefnut, Hathar, and Geb. He mentions Tawerit, hippo goddess. So safe to assume at the bottom making seven. Bastet from Wakanda is often one of the pantheon gods in the MCU. Not sure if Khonshu is the same as Shu, but Khonshu was a god, but not part of the ruling Ennead. However, it seems too coincidental that both Khonshu and Amit are not there. And he says two are missing. Anyway, that's it for now. Long winded as it is thoroughly enjoy listening to all you discuss the movies and shows as they come out, looking forward to maybe even finishing the Netflix and runaway shows at some point to agent tassel. So Tazzle's on board with my uh, appreciation of there's only seven gods on here, but there are nine in the Ennead. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Though I, in this episode, uh, Harrow does say directly that Khonshu was exiled from the Ennead, which is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> because is he telling yeah. the truth or is he trying to get Steven to hand over the Scarab? I don't know. Yeah. Kanchu is pretty bloodthirsty in this. <laughs> kill him. Kill him. Yeah, he's bloodthirsty, so. but then again, you have Harrow speaking words, and we're not sure if he's telling the truth. We have the bad true. guy saying things that may not be true. True. Yeah. All right. I have a message from Agent M that was left on our website, and this is what I was talking about in the last episode, where I have some messages that I just I don't get notifications. I can't figure out how to change the settings on this plugin. And so every once in a while, when I go in to like clean out the website, I realize, oh, this is there. 
So Agent M, I do want to apologize. There are two messages from Agent M. One is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. plus What If, episode one. This is from last August, and so I, I apologize, but this is about What If. Hi, Agents. If your girl from Sweden, Agent M, here reporting. First off, I want to say that I finally, after two years of listening to your podcast, decided to give Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. a go this past week, and it's so Good. I'm absolutely flying through season one and I'm having a great time. So thank you. I wouldn't have watched it if it wasn't for this podcast. I'm also listening along to your old episodes as I go, which is a lot of fun. But enough about that. Let's talk about what if. Overall, I enjoyed the first episode. Cap was never my favorite Avenger. And the first Avenger is not one of my favorite movies. So I wasn't as invested as I'm sure I will be in some of the future ep- episodes. But it was a solid start. I especially loved how The Watcher really walked us through the decision that started the alternate timeline, as that's what I'm most curious about. Another thing I liked was that I feel like this episode fleshed out Steve and Peggy's relationship a bit more. I never cared about them as a couple, much in the original timeline. And while I don't think they should have been uh, an endgame, I appreciate them more in this timeline. I loved seeing them work together and how the episode emphasized that Steve doesn't need the serum to be a hero. Only negatives I have is that the pacing felt a bit off, and I wish we would have seen more of Captain Carter in the 2010s. Does she join the Avengers? Does Civil War still happen? So many new questions. All in all, I'm very excited to see where this show takes us. Have a great day. And back in August 2021, I think I did have a great day. Thank you, Agent M. But I am so, so sorry for not, not reading your your feedback. And then there was an earlier message from, from her about WandaVision, which goes back even further to earlier in 2021. And so I'm just going to apologize once again. I also need to apologize to... Agent Agent Roderick, who left a message with the subject was feedback and and he wanted to let us know we could we could buy cheap cheap prescriptions without a prescription. <laughs> so I'm so sorry, Agent Roderick, for not getting into that. Um yeah. and then also we had Agent Resurge who asks a question and left a link that I clicked on and my computer stopped working, so I'm not sure what was going on with that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Then there was agent Sasha oh, man. who, uh, <laughs> sent a, a subject. The subject line was feedback. Stop receiving unwanted messages. And then <laughs> agent Sasha proceeded to send an unwanted message to me. And so I, I really appreciate that. And then we have agent Bridget who wants to guest on, on, uh, welcome to level seven podcast. And yeah, I, I, I'm sorry, Bridget. I didn't get back to you on that. I, here's a real one, though. Okay, Agent Dylan left a message even longer ago than Agent M. And Agent Dylan, I am so so sorry that I didn't get this, but he the subject line is "Who let the dark hold slip into the public domain?" And so even though this is old, I do want to go ahead and read this. He said, so apparently there are multiple copies of the dark hold in the comics. Maybe this is the original. And the Ghost Riders had a copy. Heck, other people could even have their own separate copies, which sadly makes Robbie's trip to hell to destroy it less of a deal. Guess he had to hunt down any other copies that may exist, huh? At least they were consistent with how the pages manifest. And yeah, Darkhold is that one thing that I know a lot of people are able to point to and use as, you know, well, obviously, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is not part of the the MCU. But Wait, 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 wait. Okay, so it's canon in the comics that there are multiple copies of the Darkhold? Yeah. That fixes so much. 
It does, and it does. It as as Agent Dylan mentioned, you know, it does kind of make what Robbie had to do a little less. I don't know what the word I'm looking for would be. Urgent, maybe. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> all that said, I do want to remind people: send us messages uh, on our email. That I get that immediately at studioavery at gmail dot com. But if you do use the form on on the website i'm gonna try and and maybe samantha and Stuart can can just remind me every once in a while to just just look and make sure that i i look and see if the form has been filled out or not but but i do want to apologize to also lou uh who sent a message to invest in domain when you do this you press the fast forward button on your success so yeah lou i'm sorry i didn't get to it but you yeah. do not like the fast forward button on your success. <laughs> you know, there's also some that I just, yeah, there's, there's messages here that I'm just like, oh my goodness. Like how you should not read all those messages. I am I not. Just... <laughs> I am not. I, I am curious about the Okinawa flat belly tonic though. That is <laughs> do not be <laughs> curious about the Okinawa flat belly tonic. Do not. So. <laughs> Thank you. For oh, is that all the feedback? That's all the feedback. I think it's time for final words. <laughs> Thank you for all the feedback, Agent M and Dylan and Tazzle. It's great talking to you on Discord, and I have a good time. So, and I would like to thank our Patreon patrons: Jeffrey, Tazzle, Blessed Cheesemaker, O Eight Four, Julie, Andrew, and Dave. Thank you all so very much. And I want to say sorry once again to the people who left messages on our website, <laughs> but we will be checking it more. We will be checking it more because I, I now have Stuart and Samantha to, to hold me accountable, but it has been fun. It's been a fun episode. I, I had a lot of fun. I felt like this was just, just good stuff going on. You know, it just makes me feel like, uh, like bouncing a little bit, little, little dance it makes me feel like just, you know, just want to float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. My name is Ben spelled with a B. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard from us, now we'd love to hear from you. You can leave us voicemail by calling 17755-LEVEL7. That's 17755-553-8357. Or send us an email to studioavery at gmail.com. You can also go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback and leave us a message there. Or join us on our Facebook group, facebook.com slash welcome to level 7 the seven is spelled out and don't forget if you'd like to support the podcast you can go to patreon.com slash welcome to level seven the seven is spelled out and become a patreon supporter there once again thanks so much for listening and godspeed Hey, let's talk a little bit about the Disney Plus stuff that has been released uh, or information that's been released. Obi-Wan Kenobi.
has been moved from Wednesdays to Fridays. The original date that Obi-Wan Kenobi was going to be released on was May 25th, which would have been the, what, 45th anniversary. Is that right? Yeah. 45th anniversary of Star Wars. And they moved it to May 27th, which doesn't make sense to me other than I think they were trying to get it into the Friday slot. And yeah, I just, it's also Memorial day weekend. So I think they were trying to bump it up for that. I think it's also celebration. Disney does a a star Wars celebration thing every year where they change the parks around and they do some Disney, they do some star Wars stuff. So it's also a celebration. It's also when the new Galaxies, not Galaxy, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy ride opens at Epcot. So while I don't think there's anything specifically reasoned why, it makes sense to sort of clump them all together. I, it doesn't make sense to me, though. It just It just doesn't make sense to me that... It was so perfect. It was so perfect to have it on on the 25th. So, like, to move it needs to have a really good reason. I just don't know what it is. I Right, exactly. I look at it, though, and I say to myself, I think that, the to me, the reason was they wanted to move it to Fridays. Because if you look, that goes from May 27th through June 22nd. There's overlap with Ms. Marvel, which starts June 8th. And so will will they be like a few weeks where they have a Star Wars and a Marvel show showing up on Disney Plus? And is that why they wanted to get Star Wars off of Wednesdays and onto Fridays so that you could have Marvel on Wednesday, Star Wars on Friday? I that's to me that was the reason why I feel like they they made the the choice to do that. I just feel like man they should have stuck with Wednesday, move the Marvel stuff to Friday. Yeah. Although Mar- Wednesday is new comic day. And, you know, there's a reason why Supersonic Pod Comics, we release our podcast episodes on Wednesday because it's new comic day. And so we're kind of like, we're a superhero thing, you know? But yeah, it just, I find it so odd that they, they changed that from May 27th, which to me is perfect synergy. You know, when you can do, when you can hit a an anniversary like that, do it. Hit the anniversary. Well, but the synergy guy is no longer in charge of Disney. Maybe Michael Eisner was all about synergy, and he's not been the CEO for a very long time. So, yeah, that's all I wanted to talk about. And when does when? Okay, so let's talk about movies. When is uh, Doctor Strange two out? May 6th, Yeah, right? yep, which is, so Moon Knight, May 4th, Thursday previews, May May 5th, but then official release date is May 6th. It's that, uh, that's the synergy I'm talking about, you know, we're moving from a, a show into the, into the movie. Could Doctor Strange show up? I don't know, but could Wong show up in Moon Knight? That'd be fantastic. And Wong would be like, hey, like your show, go see my movie. You know, I'm I'm the agent Sitwell in this situation. <laughs> I gotta go catch a boat. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or I'm just going to ring transport to my boat. Maybe it's Ned who shows up in, in Moon Knight. That'd be funny. No? Okay. So then after after Moon Knight, or after uh, Doctor Strange 2, we have the Miss Marvel TV show? Yeah. Yeah. When is that supposed to drop? June, said it, but... June 6th. June 8th. June 8th. Mm-hmm. And that runs for six weeks, right? Assuming yes. it would, yeah. Yeah. And then that'll bump right into Thor Love and Thunder, mm-hmm. which is supposed to come out like July something, right? Thor Love and Thunder, weekend. July 8th. I'm, okay, maybe it is June 6th. Why do I have June 8th here? I'll have to look it up. Anyways, it's during that week. <laughs> But I believe I read something about Miss Marvel where, or was it Obi-Wan? One or the other where they were going to be playing, like, releasing two episodes in the same week? Oh, well, that's the first episode of, of Obi-Wan. Okay. First episode is is actually, they're releasing two episodes in the same day. Okay. Which you're going to need because you're going to stand in line at the Gal- at the Guardian's roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, okay. Well, that's that's our episode. I need to head to bed now. So, thank you for joining me, Samantha Stewart. Appreciate You're it. Welcome. You're welcome. Have a good night.